Welcome to That Anxiety Guy, Episode 9, How Anxiety Can Impact Our Relationships. Hey guys, Drew here. Thanks as always for stopping by to listen. I do appreciate it. So today we're going to talk about something that I think is a tough topic. It could be a little bit dicey. It can ruffle a few feathers, but I think it's important that we acknowledge what's going on in this situation. We're going to talk about how anxiety disorders don't just affect us, but how they also affect the people who are close to us in our lives. Now, before I get started, I'm going to say some things that might sound like I'm trying to heap the entire responsibility for the health of your relationships on your head. And that is absolutely not true. That's not what this is about. This is more about trying to help us become aware of the dynamics of our relationships and what's going on around us with the people who are close to us in our lives, trying to understand maybe their point of view in some of this, and to give us a framework that we can work in to at least be aware of the big picture. Because in our particular situations, especially when things get extreme with panic disorder and agoraphobia, we tend to be so inwardly focused all the time that it's almost impossible for us to really look at the big picture. And when things begin to deteriorate in our relationships with the people that matter in our lives, that just makes things worse. And having that be a mystery, not understanding at all why it's happening, really isn't helping anybody. So let's kind of approach this in a positive light and say, you know what, Let, let's see how this can help us at least keep our minds open and understand what's happening outside of our own minds and outside of our own skin because this is a trap we fall into very often we get so focused inward that we don't know what's going on outside our own skin and uh, that's never good so having understanding and and knowing what's happening and be able to see other people's point of view is really kind of important so let's get started all right it's important for me to say that so let's talk about why our anxiety disorders impact more than just us let's look at our change in behavior so the hallmark of more advanced cases of things like panic disorder and agoraphobia with things like monophobia, we'll talk about that in other, other episodes, those usually involve some pretty severe changes in your lifestyle and your behaviors. So for instance, if you are in a situation where maybe you started to miss a lot of work or you've possibly dropped out of school and you can't do things like going to the supermarket or the shopping mall or you're making excuses why you don't want to be involved with things like social gatherings or family functions, you're really starting to modify your life and your lifestyle and changing your behaviors to accommodate your fear almost above all else. That is a pretty extreme change in behavior. And those changes in our behaviors do have an impact in the people around us. So when we do those things, we're forcing them to adapt to us without having really any say in it. Now, sometimes that's just part of life. When we're in relationships with people, be they romantic relationships like boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, spouse, or just family, and I know we don't get to pick our family, but we, you know, we have family regardless. When we're in relationships with people who are close to us in our lives and we're forced to adapt to things that happen to them, we all understand that's part of the deal. And often, you know, we do what we have to do and we try and be supportive. But when those, when we're forced to adapt to changes in behavior 
that are not necessarily understandable, right? So either these are situations where people bring it upon themselves, maybe there's a substance abuse issue or something along those lines, other destructive behaviors. We understand fully that it's very difficult for friends, family, spouses, significant others to accommodate those things, right? So most people don't question that. If somebody has an alcohol or a drug problem or is involved in some other destructive behavior, we totally understand why a husband or a wife or a, or a fiance or parents would struggle to adapt to that, right? We, we don't question that in any way. And I think part of that is because you can internalize that and say, well, the person in a bad situation made their choice to do that. Well, it's kind of important to look and say to the people in our lives, so-called normal people that don't have the same problems that we have, to those people, our situation can look like a choice, right? So we can go into that down the road a little bit because we know it's not necessarily a choice, but it does appear that way because they don't see the dangers that we're trying to escape because really and truly the dangers really don't exist. And when they don't exist, other people, normal people can't see them. So to them, it does look like avoiding you know, restaurants and the shopping malls and family birthday parties, those things are hard for them to understand. They don't, they don't know why we're doing them. So we're forcing them to adapt to a change in behavior that they really can't understand. If, if you broke a leg or were otherwise incapacitated physically, everybody could understand, well, geez, you didn't want to break your leg and we'll wheel you around while you get better. So they can adapt. But in this situation, we're forcing them to adapt to something that they really don't understand. And when you force people to adapt to something that they can't control, didn't ask for, and they don't understand, that can often lead to things like frustration, or anger, or even continued resentment. So it's important to keep that in the back of your head, right? Those things can happen. Now, depending on the nature of the people in our lives, things like resentment and anger can build up more quickly or more slowly, but it is a danger that that will happen. Now, why does that happen? Many times it's because when we get into these situations where we're entirely obsessed with how we feel, am I panicking, am I calm today, am I not calm, am I anxious, oh my God, am I going to have to go to the supermarket, am I going to have a panic attack there? When you're completely focused inward as we tend to be, and we are accommodating our fear above all other things, it is extremely common for us. In fact, in agoraphobia, there's even a term for this. They're called safe people. So if you are at the point where you will not go to the supermarket without your husband or your wife or your mom or your dad or whatever, those people you have determined to be safe people, and we are unwittingly transferring almost all of the responsibility for our comfort and our safety onto those people. So this is really something that we do without thinking about it. We don't mean to do it. We're not trying to be burdensome in any way. But if you have people in your life that you expect comfort from or that you think somehow will keep you safe, if, you've, if you're afraid that you're going to have a panic attack and all you want to do is have your, your wife in the house with you, you're doing that, right? So we don't mean to do it. And, and believe me, I've been there too, so I, I understand. We don't mean to do it. But we are transferring almost 100%, even if it's only temporarily, we're transferring almost 100% of the responsibility for our feelings of comfort and security onto those other people. So that's that's tough. That is very difficult. That can stress a relationship. It can stress almost anybody. And it's something to just remain aware of. And again, why is that so difficult for them to understand? And I think this gets to the next point. 
Because if for some reason you're out with your wife and you're walking through a park and you accidentally trip and break your ankle, I don't think your wife would have any problem helping you to the car, calling an ambulance, getting you to a hospital. You've broken your ankle. It was an accident. You didn't mean to break your ankle. You need help. They're going to help. But in this situation, when you are running to your the people, we're running to the people in our lives to keep us comforted and safe from a danger that they cannot see because it doesn't really exist. A couple of times it's fine. A few more times, okay, they're still going to deal with it. But after a while, that does become difficult for them to deal with. And that leads to stress in the relationships. Now, we often react to this negatively ourselves. So if you spend any time on any kind of internet message boards or forums or Facebook groups that are really for people with anxiety disorders and agoraphobia and that sort of stuff, a very common thread that you'll see all the time is why don't they get it? Why doesn't my husband, my wife, my mom, my dad, whoever, why don't they understand I just need them to be there for me? I just need them. And I, I read this all the time. I actually hear this all the time, these direct quotes like this. He doesn't understand. I just need him to comfort me. You know, I, I just need her to be there with me. I need, I need, I need. And that's fine because we do need and human beings need. That's perfectly normal. That's that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But we begin to their reaction when when these people get stressed, the people in our lives get stressed by the demands that we may be placing on them unwittingly. They begin to get stressed. Sometimes we react negatively to their negative reaction and we spend time, you know, bewildered and confused and we're wringing our hands and we're wondering why don't they get it well in all honesty the reason why they don't get it is because they can't see why we're afraid so even if we're lucky enough to have people in our lives that do accept and understand that we are afraid terrified they're willing to accept that they still don't know why and I've made this analogy in the past, and I'll probably use it again many times until you're tired of hearing of it. But if you're a parent and you have small children, invariably those small children from once in a while will do things like say that there's a monster under the bed or in the closet. They might be afraid to go to bed at night because there's a monster under the bed. And as adults, we, we understand that our children are afraid. We do recognize and, and validate their fear, but we also know that there's no monster under the bed. And, and a similar situation applies here. So when we say, why don't they get it? Why do they get frustrated? Why are they angry with me? Why is my wife not supporting me the way I need her to? Well, that's probably why, because they just can't really see it because we're really not in any danger and they know that. Okay, so that's kind of important. And I think, how can we address that? Well, we can either get more frustrated by it and run for validation to our friends on the internet and other anxiety sufferers and and hope to hear things like, oh, I know, it's okay, they don't understand, they don't understand, we need more awareness. But in the end, that doesn't really change anything. So maybe the better way to do this is to view this as a tool to help us move forward. So there are steps we can take. When you find yourself sitting alone or running to the internet and wondering why isn't my wife or my husband or my mom or my dad or whoever, why don't they understand, why are they abandoning me? Instead of you know, wondering about that and wringing your hands about it. Let's take a look at steps that we can take. Let's let this propel us forward. So there are things that we can do that would probably improve that situation. And when we take steps forward, many times the other people in our lives will take the steps forward with us. And that support, that understanding will begin to regenerate and things can improve really rapidly. So what can we do? You know, I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but part of it is be brave. You have to start being brave. Right. So we know that part of the way to move forward here is to start to be brave and you have to face the fear and you can't run from it and brace from it and hide from it and avoid it. 
Start to be brave. Sometimes just that, just the act of trying. If you have completely and utterly resisted going to out to eat with your wife for the last two years, at least trying, maybe making a compromise. Hey, maybe we can go and order some food. I'll go with you to pick it up and we'll bring it home. Many times just the effort is enough to start to regenerate some understanding, some support, and that sort of thing. Start to break down some of the stress and the resentment. So be brave. Try. At least try. You're going to have to start to take those steps forward. That, that's big. The next thing is you have to start to take responsibility for the fact that we are internally generating the fear. Okay? Agoraphobia is not, doesn't happen because you have a fear of the supermarket. It's not the supermarket. You are afraid of how you might feel in the supermarket. And the same thing holds true with panic disorder. You know, you're not afraid of anything in particular. You're afraid of actually having the panic attack itself. So the symptoms of panic are the things that you fear, and people don't necessarily understand that. So if we can begin to take responsibility for the fact that, you know what, I'm actually, I'm afraid of me. I'm afraid of my own fear. Just taking that responsibility begins to break a little bit of that victim mindset that we can kind of accidentally find ourselves trapped in. And when you take that responsibility, and especially when you can verbalize that, that is huge. Because I, I, I can very clearly remember that things really got better for me in terms of the relationships in my life when I was able to get to that point and say, you know what, I don't, I know that I have no reason to be afraid of going to the shopping mall, but I am and the fear is every bit as real as if somebody had a loaded gun at my head. So that was a huge, like, yes, you have to understand that the, this fear is absolutely very real, but I do understand and accept that the reason for the fear is not necessarily real. When you accept responsibility for that and verbalize that to the people in your life, that can make a huge difference also. Again, you start to show a little bravery, you begin to at least make an effort, and you begin to take responsibility for that situation. It can be big. It can really turn things around. And I think the third step that's important, this is a, this is a big one, and this also ruffles a lot of feathers, but I think it's super important. And it's advice I would give anybody, and it's advice that I try and live by myself. You cannot expect anyone else walking this planet. Well, let me back up. You can certainly expect love and support and compassion and understanding from, the, from other human beings, right? We all want that. We all deserve that. We all have a right to that. That's part of being human. So we should have that from other people and especially the people close to us in our lives. But that being said, you cannot expect that anyone else walking this planet is responsible for either fixing us or enabling this as a continual perpetual lifestyle. It's, it's just not fair. And I think if you expect that someone else is going to fix you, and that could be a doctor, a, a medical doctor, psychiatrist, psychologist, counselor, clergyman, husband, wife, mother, father, brother, teacher, whoever it is, you cannot expect that someone else is responsible for fixing you because you are absolutely absolutely able to fix yourself okay if you do not believe that I'm telling you that is the truth and if you choose just to never believe it then I guess we're just never going to agree but you can fix yourself in this situation this is not a disease it's not mental illness it's not incurable and you are not broken everything you need to overcome this is right inside you it's difficult it's hard it's arduous it takes time but you can do it so you cannot continue to expect anyone else walking the planet 
to be responsible for fixing you or for accommodating this, you know, the, the anxiety, agoraphobia, panic lifestyle as a perpetual lifestyle. You're doing yourself a major disservice and it's almost impossible to move forward if that's the way you're going to live. All right, so that's a big one. I know it sounds kind of harsh, but I really mean it as a motivating thing and, and hopefully as a different way to look at your situation. Look at it positively. You have what it takes to get better. Right? It's not up to anyone else to fix you. You can do it yourself. And when you start to do it yourself, you put in the hard work, then the people around you many, many times will rally around you and they'll support you and cheer you on. And suddenly things get really great fast. So they can go from really bad to really fast. Sometimes we control all of that. All right, just chew on that for a little while. Now let's touch on two other things because this is going to be a little bit of a longer episode. There are two different types of more extreme personalities that we may have relationships with. And these are special situations that you need to be aware of. If you are in a relationship, and I think this is primarily, we all have that one or two really important relationships. Usually it's with our partner, a spouse, a fiance, whoever it happens to be, a boyfriend, girlfriend, or a parent. Usually it's one of those two types of relationships. If the people that we are in those relationships with are people who tend to be controllers, um, sometimes those people can actually enable our victim mentality. Because if you are involved with people who would rather you be dependent upon them for everything, because that's better for them because they like to be able to control you and they like to be in control, they like to call the shots, that can be tough, okay? Because you may still sometimes get the same anger, resentment, and stress built up in the relationship. You may be getting a lot of negative feedback, maybe even a little abuse, but if that person really wants you to be wholly dependent upon them because they like to have the power and the control, and I know that sounds terrible, but there are people like that. If that's the relationship that you're in, that can be tough. So it's important for you to, to recognize if that is the situation, that's something you really have to think about. Because in the end, you want the support of the people most important to you. But if it's in someone's best interest to keep you dependent upon them, finding that support, that real sincere support could be hard. And the other extreme of the spectrum is the person who is not supportive at all because they are entirely self-centered and all about themselves. And most people do not fall on, those are two extreme ends of the spectrum, and obviously most people don't fall there. But if you are having close relationships with somebody who is just all about them, and anything you do that isn't about them or accommodating them or making them feel better is an inconvenience, it makes them angry, then it can be really difficult no matter what you do to get that person back on your side. Because even if you were completely normal, healthy, and, and past your anxiety situations, many times relationships with those people are very difficult to maintain anyway because they put the responsibility for their happiness on you. And that's a tough place to be. So just be aware of those two extreme circumstances. I think most people don't have that, but sadly, I know people who are in relationships with those type of people, and that matters. Okay, so we're almost 20 minutes in. This has been a longer episode. And I know maybe, hopefully, your feathers haven't been ruffled. I haven't made you feel badly. I just want to state again that this really isn't about you being wholly responsible for everything. You're not. The people that are close to us in our lives really should support us and, and cheer us on and, and do our best to help us. They really should. That's just part of being a good person. But I think it's important that we do keep in mind what our role is in this and how our situation is affecting the people around us. And to start to look at things that we can do, instead of this being a negative, 
let it propel us forward. So that's really what this is all about. I hope I haven't made you feel badly or, you know, ruffled your feathers in any way. But you know what, if I have either way, I want to hear about it. Okay. So as always, what I'm interested in is what you guys have to say. All right. Uh, whether you have questions, comments, whether I've really angered you and you want to yell at me, by all means, I want to hear that too. So feedback is always welcome. Start on my website, thatanxietyguide.com. Every podcast episode is posted there. You can comment right there on the website. You can find me on Facebook, the Facebook page. I like 500 likes this week. I'm so excited about that. Thank you, everybody. That's facebook.com slash thatanxietyguy. You'll find me on Twitter, at thatanxietyguy. So whatever you have to say to me, by all means, let me have it in any of those areas. I'd love to hear it all. I'm on Tumblr, thatanxietyguy.tumblr.com. If you like Tumblr, that's cool with me, too. So I'm going to ask you, if you could, pop by the website, leave some comments, some feedback, like the Facebook page, follow me on Twitter. And if you're listening on iTunes, take two seconds, if you could, and give me a thumbs up, you know, a positive review on iTunes, subscribe on iTunes, and a quick positive review certainly helps. If, you, if you're getting something out of the podcast, I think other people will too. That's probably the number one thing you can do to spread the word. All right, so again, I appreciate you stopping by. I will see you again in the next episode. And like I always say, keep moving forward because every step forward is a good step forward, no matter how small it may be. See you guys next time.